Welcome to Worship Call with Bible teacher Buzz Lawback. Buzz is the pastor of Grace Chapel Bible Ministries located in Duncan, South Carolina. This ministry is dedicated to the verse-by-verse teaching of God's Word and discipleship programs aimed at strengthening the faith of God's people. Now here's today's message. The Lord has taken these religious leaders, the Pharisees, the scribes, um, to the woodshed with the curses and the woes. With the curses of the rose, he rebuked them. Jesus did not cushion his words. He was not soft-spoken, nor did he speak as one who was trying to win friends and influence people. The logos, the word, which was sharp, sharper than a two-edged sword, did its dividing and exposed the intent of the heart. Question is, was this a merciful plea of Jesus to the religious leaders to repent? That the truth is so exposed that these men could come to see clearly and be convicted and change their minds? Or was it a provocation to stir up the anger of those who are already surrendered to do the will of Satan? in order to expedite their evil plans of Satan to get Jesus to Calvary, where the greatest victory will be won by Jesus. This is the third day of the week in God's created order. Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024th year of our Lord. And it is another fine day in the Lord. Let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity. Once again, to meet together. And to fellowship in your word. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for waking us up this morning. I pray, Heavenly Father, that the words that are taught this morning may be from the Spirit. May the Spirit be Spirit guided of the teacher. It may be discerned by those who hear. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that the words will be a blessing to us as we continue to grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. And again, uh, very good Tuesday morning to you. And um, so we're, we're continuing on with our passage in Matthew 23, 34 to 36. Therefore, behold, I'm sending you. I'm going to pack up just a little bit. I think I'm hitting 33. Um, serpents. So, so he calls them brood of vipers. Usurpants. Uh, you brood of vipers, and a brood of vipers are the the offspring of the serpent. The the serpent being the uh, uh, the serpent, of course, being Satan himself. And um, so they are doing the bidding. They are doing the bidding of their father, the devil. He's. Uh, we find earlier in scripture that Jesus said that you are of your father, the devil, speaking to these men. And he says, um, so he goes, um, you serpents, you brood of vipers, how will you escape the uh, sentence of hell? Therefore, behold, I am sending you, uh, therefore I am sending you prophets and wise men and scribes, excuse me, some of them you will kill and crucify. And some of them you will scourge in the synagogues and persecute from the city to city. 
so that upon you may fall the guilt of all the righteous blood shed on the earth. From the blood of the righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Barakah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Truly I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. And as much as uh, grace that I want to give out to these religious leaders, it seems like the path is well set. It seems like they have, and it's by their 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 um, their own volition. It is by their own hardness of heart. Is it possible that they could uh, that they are on the road that there is no turnaround? Could it be that there will be some, and I believe there will be that some with a more of a open heart to these things will see things played out and they will repent? Well, on an individual basis, maybe. So yes, they were leaders that. Um, they, these leaders should have been reading their heart, reading the hearts of their people. These were leaders. Jesus called Nicodemus. He says, you're a leader. You're a leader of the Jews. And as a leader, there is a responsibility to, to, um, ready as a pastor, um, as, as, um, teachers. Uh, even even within fa- uh, the family unit, parents over their children is to ready the hearts. You know, a husband over a wife um, is to ready the hearts of others to receive the king. But they were not God's men. Well, um, and and per se, they were Satan's. And I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to walk that back a little bit too. They were God's men. The Pharisees and the scribes were God's men, as Satan is God's Satan. And though though these though the scribes and the Pharisees were uh, were doing the bidding of Satan, as I've already mentioned in the opening dialogue, that their evil is going to be used by God to get Jesus to the cross, where the ultimate victory will be had. Will 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 be won. It's just like Joseph, and Joseph says to his brothers, "You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good." And so God will use though we are we as believe are we as believers and unbelievers think that we are um, independent agents, and that um, God still uses God. God uses evil, even evil. For his own purposes. So they were the ones, the, uh, instead of being leaders, these Pharisees were the, were the ones who laid the stumbling blocks and blinded a nation. So Jesus as the prophet is interesting because he's laying it out to him. This is what's going to happen. He goes, this, he lays out his own, um, well, well, he reads them their own playbook. Tells them exactly what they're doing. The things that they're doing in the dark. You see, the Word of God exposes and brings into light um, those um, the, the things that are done in the darkness. <laughs> Which, there's a point of application. There's a point of application here, folks. And the point of application is this. Is that 
um, and and this is scriptural that that do not let your sins find you out. As I've often said, time is a grace commodity that gives the gives us the opportunity. You see, the the Lord isn't in heaven waiting to drop a lightning bolt down upon us. Time gives us the opportunity to recognize where we are. When God says to Adam, where are you? There was an element of time that Adam could recognize where he is and repent. And so here, here is the time that, um, that's given. So, um, so he reads them his, their own playbook and it's good. It takes them all the way up to the destruction of the temple. Matthew twenty three thirty four. You serpents, you brood of vipers, how will you escape the sentence of hell? <laughs> um, therefore, behold, and remember, they are speaking with the judge here. This is the judge. They will stand before the judge. I love Joseph. Go back in Genesis and read Joseph. Because you have the suffering servant. And this is what Jesus is right now. He's the suffering servant. And there were those that um, had indictments against him. And um, Adam, you know, he ended up in jail, um, wrongfully accused, thrown into jail. He was forgotten there by the um, the cupbearer. He was, he was sold into slavery by his brothers and, um, all this, he did not deserve any of this. But yet, he was going to be exalted and be the second, um, be the, and he is going to be the judge really. A ruler has the, and he is the second of all the land. He's also the judge. We see him when his brothers were there. And he says, "You're spies." That he that he um, cast judgment against him. He was he was setting it up or just read the story. But here these they these Pharisees think they have the upper hand. The scribes think they have the upper hand. But Jesus is controlled every step of the way. Again, reading them the playbook. This is what's going to happen. All the way down to the destruction of the temple. So you would think that these events, as they were be later unfolding, you think as, uh, as these Pharisees started going around in the scribes and they started leading and Paul, uh, the Saul of Tarsus being one of them. And he certainly found repentance, didn't he? But, um, you would think that they would have recognized, maybe some of them did, that as they began to persecute those uh, those apostles and those teachers and those who claimed the name of Christ, that some of them might have woken up and said, you know, and realized, this is exactly what he said. This is exactly what he prophesied. And um, so you think that they they would have maybe 
recognized what they were doing and falling down upon their knees and crying for forgiveness. But by that time, their hearts were going to be desperately hardened. So, might ask, if Jesus knows, here's another question I have for you. If Jesus knows at this point that this is all going to happen and that the prophet is going to do these things, and and why is he sending the wise men? Why is he sending the scribes? Why is he sending these people only to be killed by these um, these men and and to be crucified and to and to suffer all this? Well, the same reason why we have it today. The same reason why evil is allowed to have it say today. Listen, it's like a courtroom. And they are on trial. Evil is on trial. And in a court, both sides get a chance to speak. The prosecution and the defense. Evil is the defense. And evil is allowed to have it say for a time. And um, and again, um, Satan is God Satan. The the People who, those that belong to Satan are God's Pharisees. They're the scribes. They're the evil ones. And God will use evil and, um, and their evil plans providentially, uh, worked out into the doctrine of divine decrees and God's divine decrees to, to, um, work out history. Again, you go back to Joseph. What was done against Joseph was evil. But did God not use that for good? What the Pharisees, the scribes did, um, would would be evil. So, as evil continues, as and and first and also let's 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 talk about this. Though Jesus is prophesying this, it has not happened. Though Jesus knows perfectly, and God knows perfectly from the very beginning. Every and let's bring you in. Let's bring this personally. Even though he knows every decision, every thought, every action, every every evil that you would do, every good things you would do from eternity past, he knew that you would he knew that some would be believed, he would know that some would be unbelievers. But nonetheless, he allows for volitional responsibility. He does not take away your though he knows every Decision, thought, decision, action. He doesn't take that away. You still have, you still have the room to make those decisions. You have time to make those decisions. You see what I'm saying? Though he knows it, he doesn't take away, um, that opportunity to exercise your volition and thereby Building your indictment. Your indictment isn't built upon what he knows. Your indictment is built on what you do and and the actions that he already knows beforehand. All right, um, kind of paradoxical there, but um, that's way. So time will give each of us repentance. Time to repent. Um. Or it will give us time to carry out our evil deeds. Uh, 
God is sovereign, yes. But he also gives us free will. And some people, some people just shake their head, no. No, no, that, God is sovereign over all things. There's no such thing as rebellion in his creation. Yes, there is. And I was thinking about this yesterday. And I believe it's in Isaiah 45 that it says that God created evil. He created the dark and he created the evil. Um, I'll have to look that up. I won't look it up right now, but I believe it's in Isaiah 45. And in that, um, in doing so, and how did, how does God create evil? How did he do that? And you, and you might push back on it, and I, I, I encourage you to look that up if, if, if you are pushing back on it. He says that. How did God create evil? He, he did so by creating a creature with a volitional responsibility. That he gave him free will. He gave him volition. And uh, we'll talk a little bit tomorrow about why he did that. I don't want to get too far off of, on the rabbit trail here. But when he gives us free will, when he gives the creature free will, the angels, he gave free will. But there's also responsibility to execute that will. And then he gives us freedom, uh, free will, volition. Volition means determination of choice. We can make choices. And we can make choices for God. Orientation to the authority of God. In the boundaries that God lays out for us. But we can freely make a decision to walk out. And evil did not exist until, until the creature possessing free will, chose to act independently from God, and their sin is born. And so ultimately we could say that the cause of sin and evil was from God, who gave the, uh, the, uh, who gave free will to the creature. And I will, you know, I will say this. Why did God, and you might be asking the question, why did God give man free will? And it was because of one word, love. Love. You see, volition is a gift that God has given to each of us. Free will gives us. Because free will, volition, gives us the opportunity to give to God what God doesn't take for himself. And that is our obedience. Well, let's start with love. Our love, which is reflected by our obedience. John says, how do we know that we love God? We, we know that we love God when we obey his commandments. When we are devoted to him, when we are oriented to his authority, all this is reflection of love toward God. And there has to be freedom to execute that love. And where there's a freedom to execute that love, there's also a freedom to turn the other direction. And um, there's so much more we could say about that. We could talk about the vulnerability, that love, that that love. And love is, and um, 
And 1 Corinthians 13 says that the greatest of these is love. And it certainly is because we can also trace it back because of this. Because of love. Is it a flawed plan? Not at all. God's plan is perfect. But again, he gives man what God, the, what God has given to man. There's a great responsibility behind it. I hope I make that, I'm going to move on, but I hope I made that clear enough. Uh, but we'll continue on. Um, so just because God knows the future does not mean that man is not allowed to exercise his free will. And man can be blessed by God by orientation to to the free will of God, to the, uh, or <laughs> I got distracted. Um, man can orientation to who and what God is, and 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 growing in in his relationship with the Lord, and be blessed. Or man can uh, choose his own independent way and work against God. So time is also a great opportunity for blessing for those who goes through the trials. Those who will hold the course and lift up because you take Cain and Abel and Cain and Abel came in to give an offering. Two brothers were, were grown up as believers coming together. They, um, they were, um, raised in the same household. One went one direction, one went the other way. One was devoted, one was not. And because the presence of evil was there, we know what happens under the course. It was the righteous one, Abel, who was killed by his unrighteous brother. And um, so grace, but grace, the grace opportunity of time, the grace commodity of time, allows us to stand, allows those that are standing for the word of God to hold the course, to to stand as a testimony, to stand as a witness, as Abel was a witness before the Lord. Matthew ten uh, five ten. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you. And falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And in Hebrews 4, 11, 4. But by faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testified testify about his gifts, and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. And um, so to, so uh, let's come on back to our passage here in Matthew 5.
You serpents, you brood of vipers, now will you, how will you escape the sentence of hell? Therefore, behold, I am sending you prophets and wise men and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify. Some of them you will scourge and in your synagogues and persecute from city to city. A prophet is a one who speaks for uh speaks for God. The Luanida here. Okay, a a prophet a prophetes is one who um proclaims inspired utterances on behalf of God, a prophet, inspired preacher. A prophet is one who speaks for God. Often we find throughout the testament that the, the prophet doesn't speak for himself, he speaks for God, and often we find that those words that precedes the message of many prophets, of, thus says the Lord. And when they said, thus says the Lord, here is a message that, that is being brought, uh, here is a message from God to deliver a direct message from God, or a message for, given to his prophets, and to the people. So, um, so at this point, you know, the, there is the testimony, there is the message, there is the communication from God. And in the Old Testament, the Lord spoke through dreams, through visions, through the prophets, uh, through uh, the direct communication at Christophus, Christophany or uh, a direct uh, when the angel of the Lord would show up and these were this was God communicating with men you see God doesn't just sit in the heaven just sit, uh, sit on his throne with his arms crossed you know well man goes his way and God goes his way okay well I hope he doesn't wish us the best and sends us on his way as sends mankind on his way but God condescends himself to mankind. He um, interacts with mankind. Jesus Christ controls history. And so the God communicates. Oh my goodness. Uh, do you realize the greatest blessing? I think we can think of Adam and Eve. The Lord... the. Last communication, well, I won't say last communication, but communication that they had received prior to taking from the tree was in the day that you eat thereof, you will surely die. Well, that's what Adam received. Now, the woman received it, whether it's, whether it was directly from the Lord or from Adam, but, um, that tree was off limits. And it says, in the day that you eat thereof, you will surely die. So there was no hope. At the point that they took from that tree, there was no hope. And they stood guilty, as guilty sinners. The greatest thing at that moment that happened to them was the revelation of God, that God showed up. Because if God did not reveal to them anything beyond that, then they would have died and um, suffered the eternal death, second death. You see, faith comes through hearing and hearing the message of Christ. And without the revelation of God, there is no faith. 
And where there is no faith, there is only sin. Paul says that everything that is not of faith is sin. So therefore, if there's no revelation, there can be no faith and we are condemned. So, God showing up and and speaking and giving his revelation. So through the prophets and through different means throughout the Old Testament, God communicates with man. In order that man might be saved. And um, so, but there's an attack against it. Why? Why is there attack? Why? Why are the prophets murdered? Why are they? Why are they killed? Why do we see from Abel to Zechariah that that the prophets were killed? Mankind in its diminished reasoning somehow believes that if you can only if you can only stifle God's word that. For some way or other that, that we will not be accountable to it. We are accountable to it. When God speaks, we are accountable. When you sit in a church and you hear the truth being taught, you are accountable. When you open up the scripture and you read and you read God's word communicating to you through the Holy Spirit, you are accountable. For the unbeliever who hears the gospel message that Jesus Christ provides eternal life for anyone that trusts in him for it, you are accountable. And so I think in a diminished reasoning, the unbelievers um, feel like if if they could just stifle God's word, then there then there would be nothing to um, nothing to be indicted for. But you know what? When Jesus rode in to the Temple Mount, and uh, on that uh, on that day when they were laying down the palm leaves and they were hailing him and they were saying, "Blessed is he who come, blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord," and there were some Pharisees and scribes and said, "Tell them to shut up. Tell them to shut up. Stop, stop saying that." And he said, "Hey, if you stifle them, then the stones will speak." The stones will give test, uh, stand up and take testimony. And Romans and Romans chapter one says that the unbeliever is without excuse because God has revealed Himself. Um, actually, let's go to that passage. We'll finish that one out today. We'll find it in here. Yeah, let's let's go to Romans one. But I'm just going to put it up here. Romans 1.18 For the wrath of God is revealed against heaven, against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Who sh- uh, let me put it up there for you. Who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. You see, God has revealed Himself to man and makes man accountable for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity of fellowshipping in your word this morning. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you open up our hearts. Thank you for the Spirit. Thank you for 
being our God. Thank you for opening up our eyes to who you are. And I pray, Heavenly Father, for each of us, in the sound of my voice, draw us near to thee. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you made your word available. Now I pray, Heavenly Father, that the Spirit will make it real to our hearts. That we may make right application that our lives as believers can be walking in righteousness, drawing ever closer to Thee. That come that day we can draw boldly to the throne of grace, having fought the good fight, having ran the good race. I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right, it's another fine day in the Lord. Keep your armor on. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. Lord willing, spirit guide, wrapped spinning. Oh, when we got Tuesday night, our Tuesday night Bible st- Bible study tonight um, will be at seven o'clock. If you're in your neighborhood, please stop by and um, fellowship with us. Um, but until then, um, keep fighting good fight, and we'll see you then. Thank you for joining us. You can hear this message again, as well as previous lessons, and get notes by visiting us online at www.gchapel.org.